Could everyone turn in their Bibles, if they would please, to 2 Kings chapter 20. 2 Kings chapter 20. In the Old Testament, if you start out with 1 Samuel, 2 Samuel, 1 Kings, 2 Kings, and then 1 Chronicles, 2 Chronicles, to help you find that. We're going to be learning about the life of Hezekiah today. When we look at people in the Bible, the Bible is very honest. God is very honest. And so um, we see the bad parts of people. We see the good parts of people. And what we can do is we can learn from these examples that we have in the Bible that God has laid out for us. And just so you're aware also, uh, Hezekiah is mentioned um, uh, quite well also in Second Chronicles as well as Isaiah. Uh, the prophet Isaiah was about the same time as what Hezekiah lived. So reading 2 Kings chapter 20, verses 1 to 11. Please follow along as I read. In those days, Hezekiah became sick and was at the point of death. And Isaiah the prophet, the son of Amos, came to him and said to him, Thus says the Lord, Set your house in order, for you shall die you shall not recover. Then Hezekiah turned his face to the wall and prayed to the Lord, saying, Now, O Lord, please remember how I have walked before you in faithfulness and with a whole heart, and have done what is good in your sight. And Hezekiah wept bitterly. And before Isaiah had gone out of the middle court, the word of the Lord came to him. Turn back and say to Hezekiah, the leader of my people, Thus says the Lord, the God of David, your father, I have heard your prayer. I have seen your tears. Behold, I will heal you. On the third day, you shall go up to the house of the Lord, and I will add 15 years to your life. I will deliver you and this city out of the hand of the king of Assyria, and I will defend this city for my own sake and for my servant David's sake. And Isaiah said, Bring a cake of figs, and let them take and lay it on the boil, that you may recover. And Hezekiah said to Isaiah, What shall be the sign that the Lord will heal me, and that I shall go up to the house of the Lord on the third day? And Isaiah said, This shall be the sign to you from the Lord, that the Lord will do the thing that he has promised. Shall the shadow go forward ten steps, or go back ten steps? And Hezekiah answered, It's an easy thing for the shadow to lengthen ten steps. Rather, let the shadow go back ten steps. And Isaiah the prophet called to the Lord, and he brought the shadow back ten steps, by which it had gone down on the steps of Ahaz. So we read here, and we know that God has numbered our days We don't know how many days we have left. We could have one day left, or as Isaiah tells Hezekiah, you know, get your house in order, you don't have much time left. Or we could have 15 years left, as God extends Hezekiah's life. Or we could have more than that left. We don't know. Only God knows, because he is sovereign. If we did know how much time we had left, What would we do with our time? Would it be any different than what we're doing now? 
I'm not a person that has a bucket list. I don't have this big, long list of things that I want to do on a bucket list to try to get done before my life is over. There's many people that do that, and there's nothing wrong with having a set of accomplishments as long as they're to the glory of God. But you know, some people have that. I'm not that kind of person. But I do want to be faithful to the Lord during that time if I can be. In 2 Kings chapter 20 here, verse 1, it says, in those days. And so we have to figure out what is going on in those days. So not only is Hezekiah on his deathbed, so to speak, as Isaiah tells him, but also the armies of Assyria are amassed outside of Jerusalem. They want to take over Israel. Or I shouldn't say Israel, I should say Judah. See, the northern kingdom, Israel, after the split after Solomon, has already been taken over by the Assyrians. But Judah, including Jerusalem, is being attacked while Hezekiah is also on his deathbed. The prophet Isaiah is here and he's delivering grim news. And I thought about the grim news. I thought about um, what I've seen on television of the, um, uh, the army um, representatives going to somebody's house and announcing that a loved one has died in action. Or a police officer going to a house and telling them that there's been a bad car accident and someone they love has passed. Or even a physician delivering bad news. And that's the position Isaiah is, in, is at here. Basically, Isaiah is saying, say goodbye to your family, get your affairs in order, write your will, choose who's going to succeed you as king. Because at this point, Hezekiah did not have any sons, and so he would have to choose a successor. I hope I would respond as well and as quickly as what Hezekiah did, as you see in verse 2. What does Hezekiah do? He does the right thing. He turns his, to the wall and prays to the Lord. Hezekiah was a king of prayer. Wouldn't that be a wonderful thing if our leaders prayed for us? Hezekiah does that here, and we're going to find out about that. First of all, I'm going to refer back, and you don't have to turn here, but I'm going to refer back to 2 Chronicles 30, verses 18 to 20. It says, May the good Lord pardon everyone who sets his heart to seek God the Lord, the God of his fathers, even though not according to the sanctuary's rules of cleanness. And the Lord heard Hezekiah and healed the people. What had happened here is Hezekiah and his religious reforms had opened up the worship to the people from the northern kingdom also. And they had celebrated the Passover, but had not consecrated themselves first. This was contrary to the law of Moses. And so Hezekiah prays on their behalf, interceding for them. He prays for their spiritual welfare. And you know, when we pray within the church, and for those outside the church, we don't just pray about health. We also pray about spiritual welfare. 
there may be those that have not responded to the gospel that we love and we want to see them saved. And so we pray earnestly for their salvation. For each of us, I hope you pray for me, for my spiritual growth, and that we pray for each other for our spiritual growth. As each of us are going through trials, we pray for each other. We pray for each other that we would have a consistent testimony, that would, we would not sin or we would sin less, and that we would be a, a light unto the community. And so as we see here from Hezekiah's example, he prayed for the spiritual welfare of the people. Not only did Hezekiah do that, but he also prayed for the security and the safety of the people. Because when the Assyrian army is here amassed outside of Jerusalem, laying siege or posed to attack, they communicate to the city and they threaten terror among the people. The Assyrians were threatening death and destruction and captivity, and in doing so, they also mocked God. Hezekiah prays for the safety and security of his people. And if you want to turn back just to chapter 19, verses 14 to 19, you can see that prayer that Hezekiah does. It says, Hezekiah received the letter from the hand of the messengers and read it. And Hezekiah went up to the house of the Lord and spread it before the Lord and said, O Lord, the God of Israel, enthroned above the cherubim, you are the God, you alone, of all the kingdoms of the earth. You have made heaven and earth. Incline your ear, O Lord, and hear. Open your eyes, O Lord, and see. And hear the words of Sennacherib, which he has sent to mock the living God. Truly, O Lord, the kings of Israel have laid waste the nations and their lands, and have cast their gods into the fire. For they were not gods, but the work of men's hands, wood and stone. Therefore, they were destroyed. So now, O Lord our God, save us, please, from his hand, that all the kings of the earth may know that you, O God, are, are you, O Lord, are God alone. And so we hear that Hezekiah prays for the peace and safety and security of his people. And so even right now, we pray for the people of Ukraine and even the people of Russia, the believers that are facing persecution in those lands. We pray that the missionaries that have been there and successful, and perhaps they've traveled over to the other surrounding nations with the refugees that have left Ukraine, that those ministries would continue and that more people would come to know the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Because we know that Ukraine has been an open field for the gospel to be proclaimed and we pray that this would continue. We pray for ourselves as we face conflict, as we look for security in our work, as we face financial difficulties from time to time, as even we face persecution or mockery in the workplace because we're believers, we pray for each other that we would strengthen each other and continue strong in our testimony. So here, in verse 1 and 2, we find Hezekiah is praying for himself also. And it says in verse 3, Now, O Lord, please remember how I have walked before you in faithfulness and with a whole heart and have done what is good in your sight. And Hezekiah wept 
bitterly. To me, this is a bold prayer. I wish I could say to God that I have always done what is good in your sight and that I've been faithful and with a whole heart. So I really have to look back. Is Hezekiah that good? And so when we, look, when we do that, we look back to 2 Kings 18, verse 3, and we see some verses here. The first thing it says, Hezekiah did what was right in the eyes of the Lord. You see, what happened in the nation of Judah and the nation of Israel to the north also is there were some bad kings, and it says they did evil in the sight of the Lord, and then there were good kings that says they did right in the eyes of the Lord. So what did Hezekiah do to have, give him favor with the Lord? He removed the high places. Those were places up on hills that were devoted to pagan worship. He broke down the pillars that were set up as memorials and were actually being worshipped. He cut down the Asherah or the false gods or the false Canaanite goddess. And he broke into pieces the bronze serpent that Moses had made. For until those days the people of Israel had made offerings to it. It was called Nahashtin. You know, and that's what the people back in Exodus looked to to be cured from the snake bites was this bronze pole. And the people were actually starting to worship that. And so even we have to be careful of what we worship. We don't worship the symbol of the cross. We worship Christ that was on the cross. We worship him as a resurrected savior. So we find that in uh, verses 5 to 7 in 2 Kings 18, that Hezekiah trusted in the Lord, the God of Israel, so that there was none like him among all the kings of Judah after him, nor among those who were before him. For he held fast to the Lord. He did not depart from following him, but kept the commandments that the Lord commanded Moses. And the Lord was with him wherever we, he went out and prospered. And when Hezekiah became king, he had some cleaning up to do. The priests had to reconsecrate themselves. The temple had to be cleansed and cleaned out. The priests offered sacrifices on behalf of the people for all of Israel. And the singing of praise and worship was reinstituted. So Hezekiah has prayed this prayer and really, we're going to turn to Isaiah 38 now. And there's a really um, longer form of Hezekiah's prayer there in Isaiah 38. So I'm just going to turn there and I'm going to read some verses. I'm going to look at Hezekiah 8 verses 10 through 20. I said, in the middle of my days I must depart. I'm consigned to the gates of Sheol for the rest of my years. I said, I shall not see the Lord, the Lord in the land of the living. I shall not look on man no more among the inhabitants of the world. My dwelling is plucked up and removed from me. Like a shepherd's tent, like a weaver, I've rolled up my life. He cuts me off from the loom. From day to night, you bring me to an end. I calmed myself. Until morning, like a lion, he breaks all my bones. From day to night, you bring me to an end. 
Like a swallow or a crane, I chirp, I moan like a dove. My eyes are weary with looking upward. O Lord, I'm oppressed. Be my safety. What shall I say? For he has spoken to me, and he himself has done it. I walk slowly all my years because of the bitterness in my soul. O Lord, by these things men live, and in all these is the life of my spirit. O, restore me to health and make me live. Behold, it was for my welfare that I had great bitterness, but in love you have delivered my life from the pit of destruction, for you have cast all my sins behind your back. For shield does not thank you, death does not praise you, those who do not go to the pit, those who go down to the pit do not hope for your faithfulness. The living, the living, he thanks you as I do this day. The Father makes known to the children your faithfulness. The Lord will save me, and we will play my music on stringed instruments all the days of our lives at the house of the Lord. That was Hezekiah's prayer to God. And you look there, and there's some strong emotions in that prayer. Hezekiah says, I'm no longer going to be in the land of the living. And he uses some imagery. He says, I'm being plucked up by a sh- like a shepherd's tent, showing how temporary our life is. He said, death's like a weaver cutting off the roll halfway through. Hezekiah says, you know, my life's only half over. He feels that God is like a lion, breaking all his bones, bringing him to an end. He admits that he's been chirping and moaning like the birds. At last, Hezekiah asks God to be a pledge of safety. In verse 16, we see that God asks, or Hezekiah asks God to restore him to health. And in verse 17, Hezekiah proclaims his faith in God, saying, In love you have delivered me. God's grace to Hezekiah is not a result of anything he's done in his life, but it's the result of God's love and Hezekiah's faith. In in verse 18, Hezekiah is assured that his sins are forgiven and that God has cast them behind his back. And Hezekiah thanks God and promises to pass on the testimony of God's faithfulness to his children. In verse 20, Hezekiah promises to praise God in worship all the days of his life. Turn back then to Second uh, Kings 20 if you've turned over. God heard Hezekiah's prayer. And God responded in three miraculous ways. Look at verse 7, the cake of figs. We don't know what this boil was that Hezekiah had. We don't know if it was cancerous or what it was, but it was going to be what caused his death. Even if a cake of figs was a traditional measure, uh, uh, a traditional treatment in those days for skin lesions or this kind of thing, it certainly wouldn't have been effective in just three days. This is beyond human understanding. This was a miracle of God that this healing occurred. And then look at the shadow in verses 9 to 11. Hezekiah asks for a sign. Once again, really bold. But remember, Gideon was also bold when he asked for the sign of the fleece. 
And really, um, God was willing to bolster Hezekiah's faith by using this sign. They used a shadow on a stairway to tell time. And it would have been easy for the stairway, for the light to progress. And Hezekiah says, no, make that time, that shadow go backwards. And you know, when you think back to Joshua and the sun standing still, that was an amazing miracle. But in this sense, what happened was time went backwards. It seems even more remarkable. We don't know how God made the shadow regress, but what we do know is that Hezekiah was up and that he was healthy within three days. The third miracle is the defeat of the Assyrian army, and we can really see that in 2 Kings 19:35, 19 verse 35. The angel of the Lord went out and struck down 185,000 in the camp of the Assyrians. And when people arose early in the morning, there were all these dead soldiers. And the king Sennacherib of Assyria had departed. When we read about these miracles, we should be awestruck. That's amazing that... Hezekiah was healed with a cake fig, a cake of figs, that this, uh, that time regressed as a sign, and that the Assyrian army was defeated. We serve a great God, an all-powerful God, a supernatural God. Nothing is impossible for Him, and that's why we cast our cares on Him because He cares for us. Our proper response to this awesome God should be praise and worship. But just as God had tested Hezekiah with illness and with military conquest, now God tests Hezekiah with a visit from the Babylonian ambassadors. And so we're going to read chapter 20 on from verse uh, 12 uh, to the end of the chapter. At that time, Merodach Baladan, the son of Baladan, king of Babylon, sent envoys with letters to, and a present to Hezekiah, for he heard that Hezekiah had been sick. And Hezekiah welcomed them, and he showed them all his treasure house, the silver, the gold, the spices, the precious oil, his armory, and all that was found in the storehouses. There was nothing in his house or in all his realm that Hezekiah did not show them. Then... Isaiah the prophet came to King Hezekiah and said to him, What did these men say? And where did they come from to you? And Hezekiah said, They've come from a far country, from Babylon. He said, What have they seen in your house? And Hezekiah answered, They have seen all that is in my house. There is nothing in my storehouses that I did not show them. Then Isaiah said to Hezekiah, Hear the word of the Lord. Behold, the days are coming when all that is in your house and all then, uh, that which your fathers have stored up till this day shall be carried to Babylon. Nothing shall be left, says the Lord, and some of your own sons who shall be born to you shall be taken away, and they shall be eunuchs in the palace of the king of Babylon. Then had said Hezekiah to Isaiah, The word of the Lord that you have spoken is good. For he thought, Why not? 
if there be peace and security in my days. The rest of the deeds of Hezekiah and all his might and how he made the pool and the conduit and brought water into the city, are they not written in the book of the Chronicles of the kings of Judah? And Hezekiah slept with his fathers, and Manasseh, his son, reigned in his place. At face value, the Babylonian ambassadors were coming to visit and to wish him well. It's like a, a late get well card soon because he was already feeling uh, better. And so what does Hezekiah do? He shows them everything. The wealth of the nation, the silver and gold, the military capability, but not just even of Jerusalem, but all of Judah. When the Babylonians leave, that's when Isaiah comes to him and calls Hezekiah up on his sin. You see, Hezekiah sinned in two areas. The first area that he sinned was he lacked faith. Hezekiah was actually seeking an alliance with the Babylonians, trying to gain allies to defeat any other army that would, he, that would come. What Hezekiah didn't realize that that was going to be the future army that would be coming to defeat. Hezekiah should have relied on his protection from God. It was God that had defeated the Assyrians, not by the might of Hezekiah or by any other nation. God alone killed those 185,000 soldiers. The second sin of Hezekiah was that he was prideful. This was the pride of wealth, the pride of self-accomplishment. Hezekiah was saying to the Babylonians, look what I have, look what I've done. But wait a minute. Most of these riches were a result of God's blessing on previous kings and King Solomon. The strength of Judah's military and all those chariots that Hezekiah had were probably now a result of defeating the Assyrians and the Assyrians had left all this stuff behind. Even Hezekiah's health was not his own accomplishment, not a result of his own clever means to combat his disease. It was a miracle of God. Hezekiah was taking these things, uh, taking credit for these things and looking to impress the Babylonian princes. While he was doing so, he was making God small, not giving God the credit that was due him. What Hezekiah should have done is proclaim to the Babylonians, God has been good. God has defeated the Assyrians. God has restored me to health. You see, Judah, Israel, was supposed to be a missionary nation proclaiming God to all the other nations. And instead, he failed in that area. In verses 17 and 18, Isaiah gives Hezekiah the harsh word of the Lord. Hezekiah, your future generations of your family are going to face the consequences of your sin and pride. The same nation that you're showing around are the ones that are one day going to take your people into captivity. Everything that you were showing off was going to be gone. The riches of your palace, everything accumulated by your predecessors will be taken away. Even your heirs will be taken into captivity and they will serve the king of Babylon in his palace. Hezekiah's response to Isaiah in verse 19, I think is kind of strange. Where he says, um, 
see here. Uh, and he, uh, there's different thoughts. First of all, we know that Hezekiah understands God's sovereign will. But Hezekiah's behavior of prayer in other times is not consistent here. Where is his prayer for the nation? Where is his prayer for the coming, his coming children that will face captivity? What it seems like is that Hezekiah seems pleased that at least he will not have to face captivity while he's alive, but appears without remorse for the destiny of his nation and what his heirs will face in the future. It seems here like Hezekiah has a selfish attitude because he's saying that at least I won't see this disaster. We're reminded by the Apostle Paul in Philippians that we're not to be like that. In Philippians 2 verse 3 it says, Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. And Hezekiah forgot about how he had received all his blessing when he had prayed for peace and security of his people, when he prayed for the spiritual welfare of his people. Now, when his people are facing uh, captivity and destruction, he fails to do it. So there's some things that we can gather from the life of Hezekiah. First of all, to take care what we worship. We don't worship symbols. We don't worship our wealth or what we accumulate. We worship God alone. That we're to be a people of spiritual reform, just as Hezekiah was a person that was interested in the spiritual condition of his nation so should we. We should be praying for our nation and for its spiritual welfare. You know, when you're feeling down because you're sick, cry out to God. Just like we saw in Isaiah 38, Hezekiah's prayer. He was upset. He was even angry, but he cried out to God. He didn't stay angry. He didn't stay upset. He repented. And he praised God and had faith. Recognize that God is all-powerful. God can do anything. So our prayers are heard and God can heal and God can restore. Intercede for the spiritual welfare of others even as Christ intercedes for us on our behalf at the right hand of God. And you know, the Apostle Paul, when he was uh, talking to the Ephesians in uh, the book of Acts, he talked about finishing the race well. And that's what we need to do as we go through our final days or our final 15, 20, 30, 50 years. We need to finish the race well. Hezekiah started out well, but kind of got caught in the sin of pride there at the end. Our thankfulness and gratitude to God is best measured by how we praise him and give him the credit for all that he has done. I pray that I would humbly recognize that I am nothing without God and that all that we have are his. Let's close in prayer. Lord God, we thank you for the life of Hezekiah, for the example that he gives us. Lord, for the example of how we should pray for each other, for each other's spiritual welfare, for each other's safety and security. And Lord, we pray that the Holy Spirit would help us to be faithful. And Lord, we thank you also that the Bible shows the bad parts of 
what people did and how you want us to learn from these. And Lord, we pray that you would remove this sin of pride from our hearts, Lord, that we would give you all the credit for everything that you have done because you're awesome, you're all-powerful, and you're great. And so, Lord, we just give you thanks also for the Lord Jesus Christ and what he's done for us, for his shed blood on the cross. We pray, Lord, that we would be a faithful people proclaiming the gospel to our community and to the nation. We pray these in Jesus' name. Amen.